When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll spend time with Matt Chick here in a little less than an hour or sit down with Travis Vokalek. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. It's where you follow him on Twitter. Mitch, how are we doing? I am well today. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. I'm just kind of thought bubbling right now. Uh, how ugly Saturday can get, man. Uh, just it's not, w- it's not a productive way to spend your afternoon. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I know. I'm just like, you know, this thing's not going to be a lot of fun uh, for for Nebraska fans. It's on that. I mean, it's the. I mean, it's the the, the, the two brands you want on ABC in November at two thirty, except one of them's trying to become themselves again at some point. Uh, we, we talked with Nick about this, and he brought it up. Mitch, where were you 25 years ago today? On November 8th, 8th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Today Is this the 25-year anniversary of the miracle in Missouri? It, it is, my friend. Were you in the end zone, in the press box, or in a pub? Well, a little bit of both. I was in the press box. I was a college student, but I was working for the Omaha World Herald through most of that season, really all of that season. And I was on assignment in Columbia, yes, got to go to that game, like all of them, in 97. And when the pass went, well, really for the whole drive down the field, the, the you know, where, where Scott Frost just continued to make pass after pass. I remember, I believe it was Kenny Cheatham was big on that drive, mm-hmm. and then of course, Shevin Wiggins and Matt Davison showed up in the end zone. And, yeah, I didn't have a great view of it from the sideline where I was. And I remember the Missouri students jumping the, the wall down to come on the field and, and thinking they were going to rush the field and probably had some, some uh, physical contact, some brushes up against some of those Missouri students trying to protect myself from getting knocked over. And they cleared the field and, and kicked the extra point. And I definitely remember having a better view of the two Missouri, uh, native Missourians or residents of Missouri, Grant Wistrom and Mike Rucker, who converged on Corby Jones in the backfield for the sack that clinched it in, in overtime. So, yeah, that was 
that was all pretty wild. And, and, and I also recall that it was until I returned to the press box after the interviews. So when all through the interviews, and I, you know, this maybe shed some light on for, for fans who, who don't have a great understanding of how things always work for us. I, I didn't know who caught the ball until we got back to the press box like an hour after mm-hmm. the game. And, you know, somebody up there had a replay that, that we could see. But, uh, yeah, memorable day for sure. Mitch, uh, let's get into Nebraska where they're at and Saturday with, with Mickey. And, you know, he sounded upbeat and a lot was talked about with the underdog role. And this team has been underdogged a lot, but they're really, really underdog because of how good Michigan is. This is similar to, to, you know, a vintage Penn State matchup or those Ohio State games, you know, three, four, five years ago. But Mickey seems to to be confident that, that they're going to go out and, and play the right way, which is what you'd expect. But easier said than, than done at this point in the season where you got to win out to go bowling. Yeah, this is reminiscent of the, the 18 game in Ann Arbor which was right at the very beginning of the Scott Frost era. And, you know, this is right at the very end. It's not, it's not, it's, it's his era in name only because, you know, this is, this is the program that, that he built before Nebraska moves on to its next permanent head coach. So you can kind of say that these games at Michigan were bookend. That was the third game of, uh, of his, of his time in Lincoln. And it was, it was a beat down. And then this will be the third from the from the end of the time um, that Nebraska plays with the teams that that he put together. I think it's it's going to be kind of similar. And you know what was what was that was that like fifty six to ten? I, I think. I, and yeah, I it was, I, it was I, I right there. Yeah, this is this is that this has that kind of a feel to me. I just think Nebraska in, in Nebraska kind of went up against like the junior heavyweights of the Big Ten here in the last three games, like just to kind of get them, get them primed and, and, you know, nice and beat up for, for Michigan. <laughs> and now here comes the heavyweight champ. I mean, this is, you know, Ohio State is still like the king of the Big Ten, but as far as the team that you don't want to play if you're beat up and beat down, I, that's, that's, that to me is, is this Michigan team that, is, that, is, that rests its, you know, they hang their hat on, running the ball and stopping the run. This is like the the definition of hard nosed Big Ten football. And that's you know, that's that's gotta just be so much fun for fans of that program. This is what they thought they were getting at the beginning with Jim Harbaugh. And it you know, it's here now. Michigan may not win the national championship. It may not make the college football playoff again, but they play hard physical football that I know people who are connected to that program and fans of that program can be really proud of. Mitch, I think really Nebraska, I don't want to say their only hope, but this this 28-point line, it feels a little inflated to me if Casey Thompson is in fact playing. I think Michigan's still a much better football team, and maybe I'll regret saying those words today when Saturday rolls around, but well, what's the feel you get with, with Casey? Is there... You know, any chance you think he could be a go on Saturday? It still sounds like he's dealing with some some loss of feeling in his pinky. Can't really grip a football. What's the feel you get with Casey, and do you think it matters? Well, if he's not a hundred percent, it doesn't matter. If you had a hundred percent Casey Thompson in an offense that was in in 
you know, prime condition. Like everybody, Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer, Travis Bokalek, you know, all of these pieces, the offensive line, you know, you had Teddy Prohaska and Newely, like everybody on the roster, if they were there, or even just say the guys who were available this season, so take Nuri out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd look at Nebraska and I'd say, okay, they, you know, they have an ability to score against anybody because there's enough athletes out there. But that's not, that's not the condition that Nebraska's in. I don't, I don't think Casey's going to play. I think that's already been de- determined. I mean, I think you could hear it in Mickey Joseph's delivery and his voice today that he's not going to put a guy out there that has been through what Casey has and and has any kind of a of a, a heightened likelihood to get re-injured. I mean, football is a dangerous sport, and you're, you always have the possibility of getting injured. Um, but if you're if you're playing with nerve damage in your arm and you don't have full feeling, um, you know, and this team's three and six, well, hey, what's the what's the ups? I don't think there's a real there's a this this is not the game. I think that you bring him back. Um, I fully do not in any way expect Casey Thompson to play. I think this is this is up to Logan Smothers with with Chuba Purdy as his guy um, to bat to in, in, in as a reserve, um, and that's not based on anything that Joseph said today. Um, I just think they're gonna they're gonna give this thing a different um, a different look offensively than what we've seen the last six quarters with Chuba as the main guy. How do you think the talk with Whip and Mickey went? <laughs> well, at least they're talking. Um, I, do, I, do think, I do think they're talking. You know, I, I think these guys are are pros at what they do. And, you know, I probably sound like I'm repeating myself. I think I've probably said this the last two weeks. But um, that's that's good. You know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll get through it. I mean, are they seeing eye to eye on everything with the way that this offense is going to best function? No, um, I don't think so. And I think that's reflective in the way that uh, things have gone the last couple of weeks. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think Joseph, uh, you know, he's going to get his point across. And at some point, um, you know, whip, whip doesn't have a choice necessarily, but to do what the head coach wants to do. And they've, They've gone about this for the last couple of games, doing it the way that that Whip determines. And a lot of times in the heat of the moment in a game, like when you have to make a decision about who's going to go in or who's going to play the second half after your starter unexpectedly goes down um, or, or, you know, um, whatever the situation was with how they substituted in the game last week, you know, those are harder things uh, to, to make a change on what your plan was and how you practiced it all through the week. But I think going into this game, um, Mickey's going to make the call. Um, he's the head coach, and you know, while Whipple might make calls or does make a lot of the calls during the game, not just on the plays, but on the playing order. I think this is one where you know, where Joseph is going to assert his authority and make that decision about who the starting quarterback is, and, and I think they're going to give give Logan a shot. Mitch, uh, the bigger picture here uh, with uh, with Trev and. Nebraska and the coaching search and, and Mickey's candidacy. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of circle post-Iowa for some sort of announcement. Do you have a, a, a new feel or idea with where things may be or uh, a gut on, you know, how, how the job's being received uh, by, by potential candidates? Well, 
Not so much on how it's being received. That's just entirely speculation, and it's hard to to read it. And I mean, we haven't talked to candidates who have had conversations mm-hmm. with Trev about the job and heard real feedback on what he's been told. So that's all mm-hmm. entirely speculative, and and and. It's easy to get carried away in thinking, well, we haven't heard this or we have heard this, so this must be happening. And, and you can quickly get really far away from where the truth is um, without trying to do that. It's just it's it's easy to, to get lost in in the speculation. So I, I don't know how he's being received. Um, knowing Trev, you know, I think he comes off well in those conversations, and I think that any candidates or representatives for candidates are are likely impressed with what he's had to say. That doesn't mean that they're ready to take the job, but, you know, we'll find out more about that um, later on uh, after he's made a choice. My, my, I, I will say I have a, I can have a, I have, I have kind of a gut feel like um, if, if he's ready or if, if he's preparing to hire somebody who's not a sitting head coach um, and, you know, we've heard, mm-hmm speculation about Matt Rule. We've heard speculation about Bill O'Brien, about Gary Patterson. Um, none of those guys are, are sitting head coaches right now. And if it's one, if it's somebody like that, I, you know, I could see it happening before Thanksgiving um, because you want to give that guy as much time as he can possibly have. If you're ready to make a hire and you know who it's going to be, I don't know that there is, there is 100% it's not 100% necessary to wait until after Black Friday. Just go ahead and do it. And, you know, if you have to coach your last game with knowledge that it's not Mickey Joseph and and it's somebody else coming in from the outside, that's okay. I mean, Mickey's still going to coach the team. These guys are still going to coach the team against Iowa. It's tougher to do that for three or four games, but if it's one game and it gives your your new coach a chance to get started and he's not currently coaching a college team, then okay, go ahead with it. If it is a sitting head coach like a Lance Leifold, um, you know, or, or anybody who's currently coaching a team, um, you know, then clearly it's not going to happen until that guy's regular season is done and, and conference championship game. If, if, uh, if he's involved in that, and then you're looking at um, the, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving or, or even a week or so later, if, if there's still games on the schedule. Mitch, appreciate the time today, bud. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot.